1: For full, important safety information, visit juvederm.com.
2: Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. (laughs) Hello one and all and welcome to episode number 118, 118 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly as ever, the first words are thank you to the Patreon supporters, new and old, without whom this podcast definitely would not be able to be produced. That which started off as a little tongue-in-cheek joke between Geoffrey Harrison and myself has gone on to be a huge hit. I've even had to order another batch. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, in Jeffrey's episode, we spoke about the tutors at art school who insist on telling the students that only 3% of students go on to make it as a working artist. And we said, whether that's fact or not, it's as if they're trying to say that 97% of you are wasting your time. And speaking as an artist who isn't yet able to use art as his sole income, I'm more than proud to be a 97 percenter. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to be a 3 percent but until that time actually happens, I'm damn fine being a 97 percenter. And if you'd like one of those badges, they're just £3, including post and packaging, from the Ministry of Arts. So popular were they, we even produced a 3 percent And if you want one of those, you can also get them from the Ministry of Arts. Although, <laughs> although they're £4. And every penny of which goes back into the podcast. Hence, this shiny new microphone. Thank you very much, one and all. Last time we spoke was Thursday with MC Lammis and Abigail Fallis when we spoke of their work at the Fulham Town Hall in Art in the Age of Now. It was an amazing private view. It was an amazing public opening. And I popped in there on Saturday and the place was buzzing. How great it was to see people, actual people, looking at actual art on actual walls. Superb. Anyway, today's artist also features in the exhibition, although when I arranged this conversation, I was unaware of that. And today's artist is Orlando Broome. She has got an exhibition called Rewild that's running at the Grove Square Galleries until the 11th of June. Orlando's paintings almost transform before your eyes, depending on how close you are to them. I mean, when you're close up, they're eye poppingly colourful abstract paintings. You can almost taste the colour, do you know what I mean? But take a few steps back and then all of a sudden they sort of ping in to be in these beautiful, lavish, luxurious tropical gardens, almost like a like a jungle of colour. I'll read you a little bit of text just to give you a bit more of an understanding of her paintings. Orlando's landscapes represent reimagined places which are celebratory and in some senses a rose-tinted view of the natural world. The surface joyousness is tempered by an uneasy sense of abandonment. She depicts wild places that are uninhabited and timeless, offering a glimpse of paradise that would ultimately ensnare and is potentially lost to us. And I must say, as well as being a very colourful painter, she's an extremely colourful character. I hadn't spoken to Orlando before we had this soon conversation. And you may be aware, when you've not spoken to someone before, it takes several minutes to sort of find that level and build up a little rapport, you know? But this happened in moments. Well, that's more than enough brown nosing in one podcast from me, so come and listen to the conversation I had with Orlando Breen.
3: Yeah, I moved out of London about, I know, it was about four years ago, um, and was sort of, yeah, it was a bit like, oh, you know, it was not 100% positive decision that I, it was you know a little bit of forced hand um but it's actually been really good yeah i mean having a big studio space makes a massive difference to the way i work you know i can have lot lots of stuff out and i've got a kind of clean area because i use resin quite a yeah. bit so you you know you need to keep dust and hair and bits off it and keep it warm as well in the winter you know it needs to be a certain sort of temperature to get it setting properly and stuff so I've got that I've got a little pop-up gazebo thing that I've made into like a oven basically (laughs) (laughs) and um, you know it's great and I've got a little bit where where it's clean that I can photograph work and you know just everything makes it just having that luxury of a bit more space just makes things a little bit easier and you're kind of you know able to do stuff
2: i saw that you use resin you just mentioned resin i saw that you use that as a as a medium while you know in in your work do you apply it while your painting's a vertical
3: no so it no it goes on flat so it's basically i mean yeah it's it's really lovely to use in fact recently haven't been using as much as I used to but I, I basically layer it up because my landscape paintings are really sort of layered like and
2: that. What they you painted know? on? It isn't canvas is they it?
3: Most, mostly canvas although recently I've started painting on aluminium panels right. and wood panels and that has been quite change actually it's changed the way i've sort of been working on things because the surface is really you know obviously different wood's yeah, really soft and absorbent, and aluminium is you know so really tough and so you kind of get these much more defined marks yeah. and resin in the same way is, is it gives you that kind of glass like finish that you can then carry on painting mm. on so the marks you're making on it are really different they're, they're really defined and yeah, and you can get that sort of slightly three D effect with the resin. You're nice. building is, it up. Is the yeah, weight absolutely. an issue when you're applying the
2: resin to the canvas?
3: Yeah, can be. Yeah, you don't want to get too much on there, no. um, and you need a good support. That's why. That's why I figured <laughs> yeah. you
2: may possibly because where I've never used it, um, not on a, or not on a painting at least, um, where where I saw that you was working vertically on your big four meter one, and that was resin covered, I yeah. figured that possibly uh, got it to a certain stage and applied it and sort of gravity yeah. done its bit there, yeah. you know
3: That that was one of the most stressful things I ever did
2: <laughs> you, It in was a beautiful video, I watched your video of you creating you. it um, the, the, yeah. well, the bit in question that we're talking about for for those listening is a is a four metre piece for the yeah. um, Four Seasons Hotel in Manhattan yeah. Um, yeah. Could you just sort of talk us through
3: that yeah that was oh it was amazing getting that commission actually um because and that's the biggest painting i've i've worked on and just you know the practicalities of of, of doing it were were pretty full-on yeah. i ha- I was at that point i was in london because i think it was about 2016 and i had this um studio in acton there's no way we've would been able to get the the canvases even through the doors, let alone have enough space in the studio. (laughs) So I, yeah, I had, and I looked all over London trying to find a space to rent, um, like ended up even looking at, you know, places where film hire and it was just like this, you know, it was like 5,000 pounds a day or something, you know, just to get a big space. And I was sort of going around looking for ages and in the end, I just thought, okay, right. going to have to go further afield so i came i came down to hampshire um i stayed with my mum and dad for however long it took it was quite a few (laughs) months (laughs) they had me back and it was really funny it was like
2: did you feel like a teenager again being back with mum and dad
3: yeah and i was in this industrial unit on a farm um uh also uh what's the word um you know they go and suck at the shit out of tanks, septic tanks. <laughs> 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 that yeah. was like, oh, so it was quite, you know, quite intense sort of place, smelly, yeah. you know, all the rest of it. but it was amazing. And I I kind of lucked out because they had all this kit there, you know, like a cherry picker yeah. that I could use to go down and they lent me their sort of little ladders. And of course, I hadn't, I hadn't sort of even thought of that. I just, you know, just sort of blindly went yeah. in on it. And I just got lucky, and I managed to sort of pull it off, and and it was just a great, great thing to be able to do. And because it was such an intense, um, I was on a bit of a deadline to get it done um, because it was for the hotel, and the hotel was being built, and it needed to go in before the doors went on. You know, it's kind of like that. And um, yeah, it's it was like right everything else on is. Just ignore everything else. It was really nice to have that sort of period of time where you're just like not answering emails, not doing a tax return, not you know, it's just yeah. like forget all of that. I'm painting. Concentration, all yeah. Did. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. and like- Your paintings are, are very
2: organic and you it's, it's it even sounds strange what I'm about to say. You almost snuck in the twin towers, or at least the light that represents them. So you had these two big horizontal marks going up just off centre of your artwork but it, you almost find them you know they, they're almost hidden aren't they you know
3: yeah yeah I wanted I wanted something really subtle because it because it was it's basically in the Four Seasons downtown so it's right um there wow. by ground zero um and you know, they, they they wanted to have some sort of reference to New York, and of course, that is the history, the modern history of of it in the location. And but I, you know, it, it I had to treat it quite sensitively. I felt so. I just wanted to do something very subtle that would only sort of be there if you um, perhaps knew about it, uh, yeah. or at least because it was, it's back, giving, it
2: was a, giving a nod to it rather than highlighting it. Yeah.
3: Yeah so yeah no it was it was a great project and what's lovely about that one along with some others I've done is that you know it's in this sort of space where people are coming and going all the time and I went out there and saw and you know the reaction and the feedback you get from the people that work in the hotel and people that are there taking selfies in front of it's really really satisfying that yeah I can imagine and I saw
2: that um I mean, you, you said that it was four meters high and you hadn't even thought of pretty much how you're gonna paint the top of it. I could uh, yeah. I imagine you first of all thinking I'll get a four meter brush, you know, but um, <laughs> oh, it, yeah, it was a beautiful video that, that you created while you was making that painting. Yeah. You said about working with the resin, seeing you lay those marks over the top, it, it did give quite a bit of distance, even though it was probably a, a millimeter or two of resin. It did pull that top paint quite a long way away from the from the back painting, didn't it?
3: Yeah, no, it's it's, it's exactly that. It, it gives you that sort of extra layer, and then you and then the way the paint's behaving on that top layer is quite different to where how it's behaving on the on the canvas. So, yeah, you get much more solid marks. So, that, yeah. so you can go in and put the details in, and um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really nice to work on, but my and oh god, it was a nightmare trying to get it on that.
2: I could imagine. <laughs> I could. I, I, was, I wouldn't even want to think. Hey, you got it on there in the end. Yeah. And oh on, god, on it's a sort
3: of rolling around in resin, basically
2: <laughs> on a four metre long canvas, you've got one attempt at it as well, haven't you? You know. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and it goes, you know, resin goes off quite quickly. It sets yeah. quite quickly. So, you know, you have sort of done, I had my um, husband there helping me and it was just like, it was just so stressful, but we did it and it was... <laughs>
2: well, I mean, I, sh- I should have asked you this question from the start. So I'm with Orlando Broome and the first question of, of the seven that I ask to each artist is, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work?
3: I would say I'm I'm a painter, a landscape painter. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I paint sort of what currently I think of as visions of the future. Yeah. Whereas pr- perhaps previously I would have described it more as a sort of timeless kind of um, landscape, wilderness, kind of, but a lush tropical place. Nice. But um, never any sort of evidence of, um, human habitation or animals even you know and but at the moment i'm thinking of them as sort of this is in the future um so they're very lush and colorful and highly saturated and i like this idea of sort of really dragging drawing people in with, you know eye candy you know like bright bright colors and flowers and da, da, da. but that there's this sort of once you get past that initial whack of of color and sort of you know um, something that's sort of really seducing you. Yeah. Um, there's there's other stuff going on there. Sort of, sort of prickly plants that, are a bit kind of you know sappy or toxic or I don't know a place that you could potentially be trapped in and could be a little bit scary if you actually yeah. were dumped in this place. You'd be like, oh right, <laughs> okay, where am I? Where I'm is sure that you else?
2: explained <laughs> it as or described them as um, looking like a land that, that time forgot. When I was looking at your work, it was as if it was the the image that the explorers saw like a couple of hundred years ago when they go to these exotic islands after living in the yeah. greyness of Britain, you know?
3: Yeah, exactly that. And I think, yeah, it's that, it's a sort of form of escapism in a way as well, you know, when, you, when you're, you know, not able to, to kind of visit those sort of places, you know, you're lucky to, to find somewhere that's untouched or, you know, that doesn't happen very often. Um, yeah, it's that idea of, of um, un, an untouched place. You do some small circular paintings, or smaller.
2: Of, well, oh, everything's going to be smaller than your than your four meter paintings. But you you also yeah. do um, circular paintings. They have quite a different visual language to to a cornered artwork, don't they?
3: Yeah, it's really different painting on on circles and ovals I've been doing recently yeah the the composition's a little bit more you know you have to stick with a line (laughs) whereas with my with the squares and rectangles you know there's quite quite a lot of flipping around and turning upside down and that sort of thing with with the ovals and the circles you need to to keep in mind that you've got you've got to keep that level else you get all sorts of funny things that's quite interesting in a way, I like that. I think, you know, part of what I'm always doing is trying different stuff. So at the moment I'm working on aluminium, which is new to me, large scale, I've always done little ones on aluminium, yeah. and wood panels, um, which is really nice because you get the grain of the wood coming through. Yeah. So, and I think it's the same with, with working on different shapes, you know, it just it's a bit more of a challenge or, or, or something happens that you think, ah, okay. That's that's nice,
2: you know. Well, I was when yeah. I was speaking to Eliza Hopewell, who worked on plates for a couple of years, and that was all she started yeah. working on was, was round dinner yeah. plates. And then she went to making um work on canvas with corners, and she was saying that. Even in her mind's eye, she was still working, but leaving out the corners. She had to sort of Absolutely. consciously fill in the corners because she wasn't <laughs> used to going up or, or down to those to those extents. You know, it's quite yeah. funny how your mind oh, works. It's a <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's strange, isn't it? When was your first interest in art?
3: Um, I think it's as a kid. It's it was what I was always doing. You know, I was always um, just. Yeah, painting. Brilliant. Pottery was a big thing in my life when I was nice. a kid. My um, my my granny was a potter. So, and I grew up sort of in and around Farnham, which had quite a oh, big yeah. kind of craft and pottery scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> back then. It's not not I'm um, from the 60s or whatever, but, you know, <laughs> the, no, not that old. Uh, but, in you know, when I was growing up in the 80s, I used to, I did um, Saturday pottery class for years and years and years and I loved that and I think um, there was the art college there and I always used to see the art students wandering around and it was very sort of what's going on up at the art college it was you know tantalising Have you been tempted (laughs) to visit pottery with your style? I mean it's one of those things that that I'd have to be a bit organised about and go and (laughs) book a session and do it but yeah I mean I did I did keep doing ceramic pieces um but I haven't done it for quite a few years actually
2: yeah I mean I know um, it's not ceramic but it's um it's definitely not a, a 2d surface was um yeah. the stormtrooper yeah. helmet you've done for art below yeah. which I've seen over the last couple yes. of months because I'm a, I'm doing a, a show with art below at the moment
3: yeah I know yeah
2: and uh yeah. your stormtrooper helmet is one of um nine or ten that's already on the show so yeah. Um, yeah. When we when we'd organize this, and I saw that your yeah, some trooper helmet was there, I was like, oh, like the stars are aligning a little bit, you know?
3: Yeah. So that yeah, and that was i sort of dripped resin on that helmet. Yeah. yeah. Um And um, yeah, it was quite an interesting, slightly sort of frustrating because it's like this resin's not sticking to this helmet, you know, <laughs> just fall off. like, all up. like yeah. The amount of resin I got through on it, it was wow. just like ah. But yeah, that was quite, that was that was fun to do. And I love, you know, Ben Moore does the art below, doesn't he? And I've done a few of the posters on the art below. Nice. And it's always like total thrill to go down to the tube and, and see, you know, big oh, posters can imagine. Of your
2: work. Yeah, love it. You, you know, you get so sort of blind to seeing your work in a gallery, it's just on another white wall. And then when yeah. it's taken out of that environment, it's it's a very different beast.
3: Yeah, and people, it's nice to watch people engaging with it in, in that um, environment as well, you know, yeah. just out and about. Got the the hoarding on Kensington High Street at the moment with um, Kensington and Chelsea Art Walk. Oh. Yeah, and that's really nice. I haven't actually seen it yet. I've only seen photos, but I can't wait to go and stand there and, and see what people do, see them looking at it or not, or just walking past.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing a, I'm doing a few podcasts with the artists from that um, art week as well.
3: Yeah, can't wait to go and see it. It's
2: pretty cool, isn't it? I mean, we're yeah. talking about taking stuff from inside a gallery, outside, and your the show you've got on at the moment, some elements of it have been taken from the outside, inside, haven't they?
3: So I've got a show, Grove Square Gallery, at the moment, um, and it's called Rewild. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a body of work that I've done over the last year or so, we decided to install in the gallery there's about 400 of them 400 dried honesty stems
4: brilliant
3: um which you'd probably you'd recognize if you see them but they're really beautiful when they're dried and we just placed them on the floor and just to sort of add on to this immersive experience yeah. and actual you know install in the gallery so you know you sort of immerse yourself in my paintings but we also making you immerse yourself in You've these got sort to walk of... You've uh,
2: the undergrowth to get to yeah. your artwork, haven't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's a little path, pathway through the gallery, and it's really nice. So, yeah, it's it's really good, so I'm really pleased with it, yeah. How many artworks have you got there? I think there are 12. I think there are 12, yeah, 12. They're, they're, yeah, we didn't hang all of them. Um, there's a couple of little, little ones as well. But, and they're not all um, four metres square, are they?
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: um no i don't usually work that big has to, has to be going somewhere to work that big what well, um when's that show until it's until the 11th of june
2: when was it that you realized you wanted to be an artist or lander oh
3: um i don't know it's difficult that one actually because well i went off to art college pretty young actually I went to art college at 16 like I was saying you know being in, in Farnham and seeing all these sort of art students wandering around and, yeah. and sort of wanting a bit of that you know looked looked fun to me and I went for an interview to do BTEC at Farnham Art College and was sort of wondering well should you know should I be doing A levels that didn't know yeah, yeah. And, and was sort of thinking well what A levels are... art was my thing you know or, or, as a kid and the only other thing I thought I might want to do was maths and uh, my my maths teacher at school was like um you're <laughs> you might be top of the class but it's the bottom group so you're not <laughs> uh, <do that."> Yeah. <laughs> so no you can't do maths a level so, and I went off to the art college and of course that's really what I, I wanted to do yeah. and they they were super keen to have me it was really nice you know and off I went at 16 which looking back you know I was quite and I was quite young, sixteen yeah. I'd say, and I was out the other side of of art education by the time I was twenty one because I went and did a bit a and then I did an m a straight after as well so you know in retrospect, I probably would have had a bit more time yeah. doing something and and just getting it growing up a, a little bit more I, you know I was Where quite did young you do your degrees kid. Cheltenham College of Art did my B. A. and then my MA was um through Winchester School of Art but they had this brilliant course where they had studios in Barcelona so yeah it was it was very international course um you know people from all over the world and there we were in Barcelona we had these brilliant amazing studios and how
2: long was you there
3: a year, well, just under wow. a year. And then we came back and um, were based in Winchester to do the final show and stuff. Nice. But yeah, it was a really good course. I think it was only sort of running for about ten years, but you know, it was just like such a. Oh, it was just brilliant. I had brilliant tutors coming out. Um, you had these. It's just a great experience. What so year was that? Yeah, if you don't mind me asking. That was ninety six, ninety seven.
2: Yeah, and and then since then, there, it's as if the the universities haven't got much time for the bloody students. From yeah. from what I've seen over the last few years, it feels like it's give us your money first, and then you know you can. Especially at the moment, the, you know I've got a, a nephew who's at university, and he's still paying the full nine grand a term, and everything's on fucking Zoom. Yeah, yeah. what an experience uh, to to have to yeah. pay nine grand for, you know. Mm.
3: Yeah, I mean, even before um, this pandemic, you know, even even then, it seemed like a bit of a um, short deal. We had it good back then, you know. It was YBAs, and it was like just it was difficult to sort of place myself in that. It was quite.
2: It was almost uh, a bad time to be a painter, wasn't it?
3: I suppose I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. for a few
2: years, everything felt like it was of the moment, and then graffiti come in and sort of. Took, took a um, a bit of limelight on the stage you know so it did feel like everything was made in the now and you know people who were sitting in front of a canvas for a month wasn't getting looking for a while though you know that's definitely changed around in the last
3: few years. Yeah that's true I mean I yeah it's so true thinking back about it like you know I saw new sensations and you know the YBAs were just it was so massive then you know it really was part of the sort of culture and you know it was like a hothouse in yeah. you know, what was happening and it was really exciting I love you know I love that work and I love that period but for, for me personally it was like I don't you know I don't really know how I fit it's into It's like this. you're
2: waving a flag going hello <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah yeah I mean they, they were celebrity not the right word because no. you know it wasn't like that then but it, you know they were big 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 names and it was all you know super cool and you know I was just like oh I don't think I'm cool enough for this
2: (laughs) (laughs) well I mean I'm not knocking it at all because without those people I wouldn't be sat here that's for sure yeah
3: no I yeah absolutely I, I you know love it
2: which piece that you've created Orlando has got the strongest emotional connection
3: Well, I think probably, we've touched on it already, probably the really big one that I did for the four seasons. Um, I think probably because that was the moment that I realised actually you can can do this, you know, you can um, go full-time. And it's just having that confidence, you know, it was just... It took a long time to get going, you know, as an art... You know, you were always doing... Jobs here and there, you know. You, it's not always possible to have a studio, um, and it was just that sort of finally thinking. Yes, it's not all so risky now. Yeah. Um, I can do it. I can have a studio. I can do, you know, these sort of commissions. And so I think it's it's probably that one. And I was, you know, I was having a sort of difficult time at the at the time that I was doing that, and it just gave me a break, you know, to go off and um, be away from london also it made me think actually don't have to be in london it might be okay to, to to not having to work in london you know that sort of idea of having a big studio so yeah that it, it kind of led to lots of other things and a, and a sense of confidence and yeah so i'd say that one well with this
2: the answer to this question is often with a lot of the artists. it is the artwork that they found the most challenging and they've They beat that challenge, if you like, you know.
3: Exactly. Even though I kind of went in blind thinking, yeah, be fine. (laughs) It was nice that because, you know, it was, uh, I made that little film and, you know, my friend came down and interviewed me. My brother did a bit of filming. Another friend edited that little film. And it was just like, you know, being able to call on mates to come and sort of help me, you know.
2: It's a beautiful film and just seeing that, massive artwork come to life and um you know seeing how you started because i mean most people are 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 afraid of of the white canvas and you had a white wall more or less you know a wall of canvas and um Yeah. yeah just seeing you apply those first marks and um, running up and down the ladder although he was probably walking but you know in in, in the time it was darting up and down the ladder not taking yeah. a breath as well <laughs>
3: yeah I'm busy 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 yeah
2: um you moved out to Hampshire how long does it take you get to back into London
3: oh it's only an hour on the train yeah that's that's been really nice because I can still just just come in t- to London and um, without too much bother, yeah. So many artists
2: are are, are moving out now, aren't they? A a county away from London.
3: Yeah, which is good and not good, you know, those sort of bits of London that that have been sort of changed by artists going in and then they can... But there will be
2: others, there will be others, it's just happening
3: in in
2: home counties.
3: Yeah, no, I I think it it is nice, Um, you know, I'm doing an open studios down here it takes a while for people locally to know that you're here, and that's yeah. kind of why I do it. It's just... And also meet other artists, because I'm sure they are more out here. I just haven't sort of come across them yet. What with lockdown and stuff, it's yeah. it's all been a bit insular. So, yeah. And how big was your studio in London? It was not too bad, actually. I was with the um, Akiva Studios oh, in yeah. Colville Road in Acton, yeah. above the car wash. Um, and I think I had about 500 square foot there. So it was, oh, it was right. pretty decent there. Yeah, and I, you know, I do miss, not that I saw the other artists in the studio that much, but it was nice knowing that there are other artists yeah. around. You know, that's, that's great. Well, there is a- the, the travel to work
2: is obviously a bit different to what it was uh, a few years ago. Um, obviously a bit more relaxed. And one of my questions is, how do you relax?
3: Oh, well, oh, that's a good question. How do I relax? <laughs> I walk quite a bit. I've got this ridiculous little dog. <laughs> <laughs> it got a Jack Russell Chihuahua cross And I just You know It's like oh, It's a handbag dog Basically I nice. never never imagined I'd have a handbag dog Because I don't even Have a handbag But there you go I've got this tiny So What's,
2: what's the combined name For a Jack Russell And a Chihuahua Is it like I think A it, Jackawawa
3: It's a Jackachi Or something, oh, or something. <laughs> But she loves walking She's got so much energy So I have to walk her or she's a pain in the arse So yeah. That's really brilliant and and of course my studio is right, not of course, it, it is um, on a bit of forestry commission so nice. um, I've got lots of lovely walks and <clears> so that, that's pretty much what I do.
2: And how about if there was you and five other artists powers and present, what would your ideal group show be?
3: <sighs> I Who do I love at the moment? Um, Kathleen Ryan, Nice.
2: who's
3: with um, Josh Lily, um, she makes these amazing sculptures that are out of sort of, they look kind of bejeweled. They're really, really amazing, like kind of crystallized fruit, but they've got, and that's what I've really, you know, kind of relates to my work in a way is that they're really beautiful and and sort of gem-like and, you know, you just kind of of want to touch them, but they've got this sort of quality that they're kind of rotting. It's like you know, there's something a bit icky about them. So, I really love her work. Um, I love Claire Woods, painter. Um, yeah. I'd go for someone like, oh, uh, someone old school, Victorian, uh, Marion North. Nice. Uh, yeah. Botanical artist. Yeah. And, you know, the output of her paintings is quite unbelievable, really. And just love the idea of this Victorian woman traveling the world, painting landscapes yeah. and botanicals. and. Yeah. Yeah, she's just completely amazing. Uh, I love botanical art, really, really co- quite a big collection of botanical art books, is sort of nice. rifling through. Um, who else is there? How many have I done? Two, three. Um, I'd have someone like uh, David Shugley just for, you know.
2: Nice, yeah, that was will that nestle well <laughs> amongst the three you've just chosen.
3: Yeah, I'd love, you know, i love stuff that makes me laugh and, you know, he's just... A, you know, it's just excellent oh who else I don't know I mean maybe uh What well, another old school Russo nice love him <laughs> um or you know there's lots of sort of contem- my contemporaries in a way you know I've I've said five and I but I could yeah. people well,
2: like change if I asked you tomorrow Orlando wouldn't it?
3: Yeah just, oh definitely <laughs> yeah don't pin me down to anything <laughs> <laughs>
2: If you
3: weren't an artist what would you like to be oh god i think i would probably like to be not that i have the brain for it particularly that that the you know technical side of things but like a lighting engineer or nice. or an ar programmer yeah. or, or something like that something you know where you're i suppose it's a little bit similar on a bit, bit more techie yeah um, creating worlds you know so you can you know with light or or in um you know computer games or whatever that i think is like really cool so
2: the the life of a mathematician didn't stay with you then <laughs> <laughs> well a question that i've been asking uh, when i do these interviews over zoom and and well even when i'm not is you know what have you got coming up and for the last 14 15 months most people are saying, well, there's nothing on the horizon, but we've just spoke about three art happenings that, that you're in at the moment. For you, what's, what are you in at the moment and what's coming up?
3: Yeah, it's been, well, it's been such good timing for me coming out of lockdown because I've got the show at Grove Square Gallery, Rewild, um, on until the 11th of June. and then. Do people have to book but, for that, do you know? You can just go in and you know we took that install with with the flower stems as, as was sort of we took the opportunity because because we couldn't have like a private okay. view and all, right. all that business and that you know you're not going to have crowds of people in there right. so we could take up the space i'm wondering into it i'm doing the art car boot fair although that might have passed when this goes out Brilliant. um but that that i haven't done it before and it's floor it's floor and fauna this year and it's just like yeah, really. Perfect. There's some great artists on there. Got King of Podcasts on, Adam Buxton. Friday,
2: I'm talking to him. We sorted it about a year ago. Ah,
3: you know, that's that's what I have on in the studio. He's so open. You know, he's, he's brilliant, just, isn't he?
2: His manner, he's funny. He's very intelligent. He's got a beautiful way about him. You know, like the way he speaks to people. But yeah, yeah. I contacted him on last Friday, and he went um, excellent timing. How about next Friday?
3: He went to um, Cheltenham Art College. He oh, was he did? the year above me. Yeah. Oh, ah, yeah.
2: nice. Did, did you know him
3: there? No, I didn't really. I didn't know him. You know, I was a sort of pesky year below person. But I remember his degree show, his final show, um, was one one thing that stuck out for me. Weirdly, you know, because you don't, you know, it's a long time ago. <laughs> but he did. He did this amazing installation, and it was just you know, f- full of humour as well as him sort of... What was well it? I, was I mean, I'm, I'm taking was... notes <laughs> as you're talking to me. I hope I don't get it wrong, but he, he'd sort of built this sort of leather or what looked like a kind of padded chamber, but it was like um, being in a spaceship. Nice. So, and, and he'd done this little video of him, I think he was boiling an egg or something like that. And it was just, I mean, it was just really, really funny. Um, but also, you know, he he'd done it really well. He'd made it really well. So you kind of I think you kind of crawled into this space and nice. there was a video screen and you know, you know, this is back in what was it would it have been 1980. Oh, no, hang on. Oh, I don't know, I can't remember. It's too long ago.
2: <laughs> nice.
3: Yeah.
2: I figured every now and then it's good for artists and that to to hear like um katie wicks who i had on the other week the the one who else have i had jenny eclair annika rice went down
3: so well yeah she's so brilliant everyone loved her yeah she's another one that's just so you know she just has that natural ability to to be open and and sort of you know you just get that feeling that that's who she is you know that's Annika Rice and she's would down to earth and, and it yeah. turns out she's
2: having um, I don't know if you've listened to it, but she's having masterclasses every Thursday with Maggie Hambling.
3: I know, get that. When you think of what, you know, who she grew up with, and you know, those sort of chops exactly. hanging out with fried Bacon and you know, no wonder she's
2: tough and scary. But when I've done one with Annika she said about um, a show that I'd done called Face Value. I was telling her about the concept to it and she said, oh, that'd make a a great TV programme. So that's what we're looking at at the moment, You know, turning this exhibition into a a little documentary, which would be pretty cool. Oh,
3: that'd be amazing. Oh, brilliant.
2: um, Did we speak about everything about what you're in at the moment? We didn't, we spoke about the first one and then went off on a tangent.
3: So at the moment, Grove Square Gallery right. Rewild, A car, Art Car Boot Fair will have passed, won't it? And the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week, um, I've got that hoarding on the, on Kensington High Street there. And then I've got lo- like more locally op- open studios mm. um, in, and that is the weekends in June. Um, and I tend to sit or sit here twiddling my fingers because no one knows I'm here. <laughs> it probably takes about 10 years to get, you know, more than 10 people through the door. But, you know, I do it anyway. And that's the beauty of Instagram as well, you know. You can, you know, you do end up finding all sorts of people, yeah. And, and if you don't mind me saying, your work is the perfect
2: antidote to the sort of grey times we're living in at the moment. You know? um, well, Orlando, that's all my questions asked.
3: Thank you so much for having me on. It's oh, it's really, been real good fun. Yeah, really lovely to talk to you. And um,
2: thank, thank you very much for your time. I'm just trying to find that button there. Right. <laughs> thank you very much.
3: Cheers.
2: Thanks. Cheers. Thank Bye-bye. Well, there you go. a broom. How cool was that conversation? And like I said, it was as if I'd known it for years. Oh, and I should say thank you to KTW London for making this conversation happen. One part of that conversation that did resonate with me was that, like a lot of artists, Orlando had the urge or want to move out of London. But Orlando touched on the fact that she was missing the arts community. Just having that ability of being able to sit face-to-face with a cup of tea and talk about issues that are concerning you with your work or listening to someone telling you about theirs. It really does sort of feed the soul, doesn't it, you know? And although I created these podcasts initially with the idea of them being a conversation that's going on in the background while you're working. Nothing beats the real thing, right? And like viewing artwork. Viewing it online is fine, viewing it on Instagram is fine. But man, having a few art gallery experiences over the last week or so really makes you appreciate what you've had and what you've missed. And if you happen to be in London, Orlando's show, ReWild, is on at Grove Square Galleries until the 11th of June. The other art experiences I mentioned in this podcast was Art in the Age of Now over at Fulham Broadway, which runs until the 6th of June. You have to book via Eventbrite. Just turning up won't get you in, I'm afraid. And the Kensington Chelsea Art Week, which starts on the 24th of June. Now, as you've been aware, I've been putting out two podcasts per week. That's because there's so bloody much going on. I can't cram it all in in time, you know. So I've got another coming out in just a few days' time on Thursday, which is Louise Hall. She's just out of university and taken part in her first exhibition that didn't involve fellow students. And her work is oh so powerful and just oozing with cultural significance. But that's for next week. Like I say every week, on whichever platform you listen to this podcast you should be able to leave a comment. If you could do that, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. If you've got any queries, drop us a line on social media at ministryofarts.org. If you're enjoying these episodes, spread the word of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're not, well, fuck you, you won't be listening to this bit anyway. And those of you that are, thanks for listening and until next week, ta-da!